0: cougs house all right it is senior night in houston the houston cougar men's basketball team is playing wichita state and honoring the seniors beforehand and i'm telling you right now i think the houston cougars ought to score a hundred you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On Cougars, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater came to step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can make sure you get the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. Yes, we're shifting around a little bit in the background, Um, bluntly, in moving things around. There's now a crib in front of me. There's going to be a lot of ships in the background and in the Ainsworth household. Um, so for now, the desk has changed angles, and at some point, it will probably change locations, but that's where we are. Uh, I also want to point out that we are going to be giving away soon because we're approaching 750 subscribers. Once we get there, we're giving away a Galen Robinson-designed uh, Letterman jacket for the city on the back, Houston Cougars, and a Cougar on the front, really cool jacket, size extra large. We're going to be giving that away at 750. So make sure you subscribe to the way that we get there. And then also be commenting and liking videos to know who to give it to. If, after talking about Senior Night and the Houston Cougars playing the Wichita State Shockers, you have nothing else to say, uh, mostly because I just had this argument. Tell me if you put beans on your notches. All right, so in the first segment, I want to talk some about the game itself. I want to preview what to look for in Wichita State versus Houston. Um, because, if you recall, this was a trickier game. I think then people might recall or might have anticipated the first time we you to went up there to play Wichita. And the second and third segments, I want to talk about Marcus Sasser and the seniors as a whole, and then also uh, Reggie Cheney and what we've heard about Darius Bowser so far this season. But first, let's jump in and talk some about the Wichita State Shockers and the senior night basketball game happening. After all the festivities that are senior night, there will be a basketball game. Now, this game, you may remember, Finished at 70 to 61 in Houston's favor on the trip to Wichita, Kansas. Um, notably, this is a game that Houston trailed for a lot of the basketball game. Wichita State came out, uh, their fans showed up and showed out, and bluntly, Houston was kind of behind the eight ball for a lot of the game. With about 10 22, or with exactly 10 minutes and 22 seconds left, uh, Wichita State was up six, 50 to 44. The next few offensive possessions for Houston were a Sasser to Jairus Walker banked in the three, a Sasser layup Sasser free throws, Jamal shed to Walker for three, Marcus Sasser to Walker for three. And suddenly in just six minutes of game action at 4:27 left in the game, it was 57 to 54 Houston Cougars that run propelled Houston to be up by really 11, which they did get a dunk off as time was expiring. Uh, you know, clock running out kind of situation. Um, but they, that real burst at the end was interesting to watch. Now, if you remember this game, uh, which shall take him out? The gates firing away early, um, made all three threes early from, uh, a kid named Jaquan Walton. Um, he had a game of his life in this game. The first time through, um, for what it's worth, he shot 50% from three and on the season, he is a 37% three point shooter, right? Like, Things to the request the mean by the end and over the course of the season. Um, also worth pointing out that they shot the lights out in the first half from three, and they are just a 30% shooting team from three on the season. Good for 347th amongst all Division I teams. But early when they built that lead, it was certainly because it felt like they were never going to miss a three to start the game. And then slowly things regressed back to the mean and they finished shooting the game and actual 17, or sorry, 15% from the three-point line. Um, while that did regress the mean, I, I don't mean to say it was just bad shooting on their part. Houston did buckle down their defense a little bit. I'd imagine the scouting report going into that first game did not have Houston covering the three a lot because they don't shoot them very well. Meanwhile, Houston kind of had the opposite game. Houston opened the game shooting very poorly. Wichita State was a hostile environment, and it only stayed hostile as Wichita State continued to have the lead. Now, admittedly, as Houston started making shots, like Jairus Walker's banked three-point shot at the 1022 mark that I mentioned earlier, like they're confident to Rose, they got easier shots out of it. Truman Mark makes a crazy contested three in the final two minutes. Like those kinds of things started rolling and snowballing in a way that you know the best team in the country will do. Not necessarily like the way you want to do it. You want to just do it out the gate, but it was certainly the way that it happened. Um, some keys to this game as I see them are that in the first matchup. A big part of what Wichita State did was get Jawan Roberts in foul trouble, but his versatility on the floor is so, so important, both offensively and defensively, being able to play the four and the five and being able to move his feet as well as he does is super important. Um, Wichita State was really intentional about running some double drag sets that dropped a post, usually James Rojas, but sometimes Kenny Poto down on top of him in the block and kind of targeting him to get him in foul trouble this was that stretch of the season where he's kind of in foul trouble for four or five games in a row right um so wani you gotta stay out of foul trouble in this one um the other thing i will say is that stretch of six or eight minutes at the end that i'm talking about where houston really took the lead never looked back and kind of ran away with this thing went from down six to up 11 right that was because they pushed the pace and they got their hands in passing lanes, hands on rebounds, hands in deflections, and ran and ran and ran. It was Sasser, it was Shed, it was Sharp, it was all the guys pushing, pushing, pushing. The other thing that has to happen is in the half court, the same aggression has to play out in getting downhill. I mentioned that the Sasser-Walker banked three, right, when Sasser kicks to Walker, like those are drive and kick kind of actions, and that's because they're getting feet in the paint, collapsing that defense as a step slower than Houston is and getting the ball out. Of the out of their hands into the hands of a three point shooter. Um, I noticed this was a lot easier in the first game, and when they got the defense kind of shift side to side some. So like it might not be if you don't get the fast break an early shot clock possession. It might be work it left to right, right to left once or twice, and then attack because the defense is kind of like getting antsy and tired of playing. They collapse, you kick it, boom, three right. Um, I I do think it's worth pointing out like Wichita State is a good team. Um, we played them last. They were uh, eleven and eleven. Currently, they sit at fifteen and thirteen. That means they're four and two since our last meeting. Um, And you know, one of those was a double overtime win. They've beaten a handful of decent teams in the American Athletic Conference. Um, I I do thanks for pointing out. Like they they won a double overtime game. Um, Excuse me. uh, They won a where'd it go? I just had it pulled up. Um, They won a double overtime game. Oh, there it is, uh, against SMU at home. Uh, so, you know, like we've seen SMU play. We frankly saw a game got competitive against SMU at their place. Um, but they lost to Memphis. Um, they beat Tulane. Like, they're kind of up and down since they played Houston last. What I have to imagine is, is that a sellout crowd, if we can really show up for this one in the Fertitta Center, we can kind of get the same advantage that Wichita State had in their arena, Right. They were one of the teams in America. We talk about teams taking advantage of, like, hey, we're going to sell the crowd and, like, put the bullseye on Houston for being the number one team in the country. I guess technically Houston was number three at that point, but they were soon to be number one. And that was certainly what it felt like happened for uh, Wichita State. Can we get that crowd flipped and get that same energy on our side? Uh, the other thing is that uh, Jaquan Walton had 24 points. Now, he is a good basketball player. I don't mean to say he is not. He is averaging 14 on the season right? Um, if we can have some sort of a defensive adjustment probably would help to have Juwan Roberts in the game more often. Um, Cause that means you can kind of have him as that backline defense at the rim, which means your exterior guys can kind of press up more. All of that kind of thing works out in Houston's favor long Um, I think that you can kind of keep him back down to reality and earth. I thought it was interesting this week in his, uh, 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 I think it was the zoom call he did on Monday. Um, It might, I mean on Tuesday, I don't think it was the radio call on Monday, but Kelvin Sampson said his most feared player or the guy he was the most worried about was the point guard. Craig Porter Porter is a good shooter. 12.9 points per game gets great rebounds for guard. 6.4 rebounds in the first matchup. um, Craig Porter had just seven points and four rebounds and two assists. Uh, and five turnovers, right? Houston turned him specifically over five times. Um, and I would argue that in a game that was close for a lot of it, that kind of feels like the difference. I would imagine Houston keys in on him again, both because Samson said that and because that was kind of the spark to their offense, the fast break stuff off of those turnovers in the first one. Uh, in the second segment, I'll talk some about the senior class as a whole as a senior night and some about Marcus Sasser, but first, let's talk some about FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America, and we're really excited for our newest partner here at Locked on Cougs. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a new a no sweat first bet for up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Now I know we're talking NBA in that uh, in that instance, but they do have. The Houston Cougar game on Fanduel as well. Right now, they have Houston favored at seventeen and a half. Houston is minus seventeen and a half to, uh, and the over/under is set at one thirty-one. If you're good at math, what they're predicting there is something like around seventy-five to around sixty, right? And it's going to be like, is it just over seventeen? When it's like, is it sixty? Is it sixty-three to seventy-eight? Or is it 80 to 64? Like, what's it going to be around there? I'm telling you, I think Houston needs to score 100 in this game, not just for the style points, although I think the style points do go along with the selection committee. I think Houston, as far as their last game in Fortita for the season, needs to go out with a bang. I think this is the kind of game where you finally start to see a bunch of guys shoot the ball well, uh, continued movement. This is one of the most selfless teams in America. And we know that we've seen games where – throughout this season where each and every guy goes off we have yet to see a game where everyone went off at once and i think it's kind of time for that to happen i'm taking houston i'm taking them by 17 and a half i'm going over 131 and a half I'm telling you to do all that at FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with same-game parlay, so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment count with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, now... I want to talk some about the seniors as a whole and then Marcus Sasser. And then the third segment, talk some about big fellas, Reggie Cheney and Darius Bowser. Um, because I think, you know, Marcus gets all the headlines. And and I want to make sure that those guys get their shine. But in looking at this class as a whole, I thought it was interesting. Um, frankly, a couple things. One, uh, both Kelvin Sampson and his son, Kellen Sampson, spoke this week. Uh, Kelvin has his normal radio call Monday, Zoom call a couple days before the game on Tuesday and so on and so forth. Lynn spoke with Paul Jamma and Andy Yanez. Um, and they both had very glowing things to say about the senior class. Obviously, this senior class is a class that showed up uh, as freshmen, kind of like the turning point of the program. Uh, they weather the COVID storm. They get the Final Four in 2021, right? A um, really, really like, like strong resume across the class as a whole. But um, I think the interesting thing was, well, let's start with what Kelvin said. Kelvin said that uh, in building culture, it's about watering the roots. And once you've built it, the older guys teach the younger guys on their own. That's to get to a player led program. And he said that this senior class, when they were younger, i.e., Marcus and Reggie, um, that was kind of them getting taught the culture of this program by the upperclassmen, right? Guys like Rob Gray, guys, I mean, the, the guys like. Uh, Galen Robinson, guys like uh, Corey Davis, those guys who are in the program and a little bit older and kind of able to teach the guys <coughs> along the way as far as what Houston looks like and how the Stamps Houston Cougars were going to do things, right? Um, that was really, really like uh, a sticking point for him is like once you've built it and you've got the right kids in place, they're going to keep it spinning by doing a lot of the teaching in all of those hours that coaches aren't in the gym, all those hours in the summer and spring that are countless hours outside of the like normal practice parameters where guys are working on their craft and coaches are not in the gym. This is a class that got the benefit of being in the door and hit the ground running with that already established. Um, Also worth pointing out that like to a, to a man, each person on this in the senior class and collectively they've been repeatedly described as incredibly selfless In various ways, we're going to hit on that with each one. But selfless is like a really powerful word that as a coach, you want everyone on your team to be selfless. But I wrote down a quote that Kelvin Sampson repeats over and over again when defining people as selfless because I think it really sticks to as coaches and athletes what being selfless looks like at the collegiate level, at the collegiate athletic level. And he said, quote, that being selfless doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It just means you think more of others. Now, I think that's really powerful because we think of selfless as deferring, as giving up, as giving away. And that's not what you actually want out of athletes. You want supreme confidence because you want it to be earned, supreme confidence, out of all of your athletes, right? What Kelvin Sampson is saying is that being selfless, as Marcus Cheney, Bowser, and the rest of the Cougars are, is actually about having so much positive thoughts about the guy you're kicking that ball to. Yes, Jarris has missed a couple threes, but when you're coming down and hitting the lane, you know, you're going to kick it out to him. He's going to make the next, one. you know, he's going to do it. Having that much confidence in the other guys thinking that highly of the other guys. Right. Um, And obviously, like, it's more than just kicking the ball to him drive driving kick. But that's kind of the vibe here. Right. Um, as far as Marcus Sasser goes, I'm going to go with Kellen Sampson talking about him because Kellen had some really funny things to say about him. Um said that when he came in, he was a little pudgy. And that was like the first thing Kellen noticed because uh, Marcus came in, dropped his bags off and wanted to get in the gym right away and and shoot the ball. That man, as a young assistant coach, Kellen's in there helping him get shots up, getting things set up and so on. And his first thought was like, ooh, put on a couple pounds there. huh?" Like that was his first thought about Marcus out the gates. But after that summer and after being worked by the staff that summer in the summer sessions, Sasser made a very intentional effort to never be out of shape again. In the time since, even when he was hurt, right, he's doing whatever he's allowed. If he can't move his foot, he's on the hand pedal to try and keep his heart rate up, like to like try and stay in condition, right? If he can't move his shoulder, he's on the bike. Like all those different things are ways that he's making sure he's in the best shape he can be time and time again. Uh, Kellen Sampson went to a couple of younger Marcus Sasser moments that stood out, right? He talked about what he called the... Georgia Tech moment, which was as a young freshman playing, Marcus had kind of earned 12 to 15 minutes a game early in the season, was getting that 12 to 15 minutes, and then he got to the Georgia Tech game and he got no minutes, and generally speaking, he gets kind of shooting the lights out, you know, playing very well, getting his 12 to 15 minutes, it's a nationally televised game suddenly to like get them all taken away you typically have any kid, but especially a freshman kid that's been all everything his whole life And if you don't know Marcus Astor's high school story, his uncles both played in the pros, his uncles and father all played college basketball and uh, his uncle's coach. They like kind of run not all of South Dallas, but they're very important in high school basketball in South Dallas. Um, And so like, I could understand why he'd be like, well, how am I not getting on the floor in the Georgia tech loss? Right? Like how am I getting on the floor in that game? Um, And instead his maturity was, to just approach work the next day as if he had to earn it all over again. He continued to earn his spot. Um, you know, a few weeks later is playing 15 minutes he, a few weeks later. Then he misses a game and comes back in. And like, he continues to like work through things. Um, that was the moment where Kellen sounds like new, like, Oh, this kid gets the bigger picture. That's why we went and got this kid. Um, the other thing that Kellen Sampson pointed out and talking about selflessness of Marcus Sasser um, was in his, uh, I believe his sophomore year, DeJon Giroux, needs to play the point guard for them to be the best team they can be. Marcus Sasser will be paid to play point guard in the NBA next year, right? Like, that is his natural – he's a combo scoring point guard, right? Um, But to help the team, he had to slide over and play a new position. And while, you know, I would say as the observer, it took him a little while to learn that spot and the flow of the offense, uh, it certainly led to the best team they could have, as evidenced by the fact that they went to the final four, like that was very clearly like an impetus and a jumping start for that team to make it as far as they did. And I tell people all the time, I'm talking about that final four, Houston p- played Baylor much better than Gonzaga played Baylor. As far as like the matchups go in the final four weekend in Indianapolis, like worth pointing out to like, Hey, had they just been on opposite sides of the bracket that particular season, you might've had Houston playing Baylor in the final and not like, like, wouldn't have been that far off, right? Um, I say that <clears throat> I say to say that like that's who Marcus is. I think the thing we also have to all realize about Marcus is most kids in his position last spring, right? Let's think through this. Major injury in his junior season. Okay. Um, he's technically been on campus a number of years and has done a lot of things and a lot of winning at the U of H, right? Five star kids are coming in to replace him, right? Those kids are already signed. He goes out and tries for the NBA and they say, hey, you're probably late for a pick. There's money in that. There's real money, like real deal money in that. And bluntly, if I'm telling my preference, those are teams that are winning games, <laughs> right? Like you would be getting real deal money to make a real impact on winning games at the NBA level. What else could you want? Right. Um, and after hearing that. As a selfless leader, he was like, you know. My job's not done, uh, and he came back to Houston, and he's on a mission. They've won the regular season, of the conference. They're looking to win the a- a- the AAC tournament next weekend, and they got big goals to win the Final Four in Houston, cut the nets at home. Not just the Fertitta Nets; they're cutting down Thursday night after the game's over because they won the regular season, or whatever. But to cut down the Nets in NRG in April, right? Like he had that goal to come back, and he forego or forgave for gave up. He passed on the chance to make real money and be on what could have been like an NBA playoff team kind of team to come back and do this because this is kind of what he started when he signed up to come here. Not every kid does that. That in itself, that Marcus Sasser is here for his senior year and senior night is a sign of the selflessness too that I don't think should be lost. Now, you know, 30 kids a year, 30 kids a year from all over the world get to be first round draft picks in the NBA. He was one last year. He didn't want to go. He's going to be one this year too, right? And what we've understood if he said, hey, I just got hurt and I don't want to risk making this worse and just go like, no one would have faulted him for that. But he came to Houston instead, came back to Houston instead, I should say, and saw it out and we're going to see it out with him. And it's really, really awesome. And like, it's a, it's a cool thing to see a college kid do, right? It's a cool thing to see a college kid come back, finish the education piece finish the time on campus, finish their dedication to the program. Now, I said in the, se- in the third segment, I want to talk some about Reggie Chaney and Darius Bowser. So let's get to it. Um, Reggie Chaney is a kid that, like, embodies the toughness that people tie to every program that Kelvin Sampson has ever coached, right? Um, from his days in Pullman, Washington, to his days in Norman, Oklahoma, to even his days, frankly, on the sideline of the Houston Rockets as an assistant coach. Calvin Samson has been known as a tough guy. Reggie Chaney is known as local tough guy, <laughs> right? I don't mean local like he's from Houston, but like like that is who we envisioned him as. Like he's that kid. Uh, he's that kid. Like when you went to the park, there was one kid that was like a little bit bigger, but not the biggest. A little bit stronger, but not the strongest. But was darn sure the meanest. And I mean that in the most positive way possible. Reggie, don't come beat me up, right? That is who Reggie Chaney is. But he's not playing at your park. He's playing in the final four. Remember, Reggie Cheney started on that final four team and has selflessly taken a back seat to help develop other talented young bigs along the way. Right. Could he have transferred out and found somewhere to go start? Absolutely. He started at Arkansas. This guy is a guy that had high, high-end potential from a young age. Instead, he took on a mentorship role and a leadership role here in Houston that doesn't require him playing a whole lot of minutes, right? Um admittedly uh he we kind of lucked into this he was hitting the transfer portal as fabian white towards acl um and so the timing of that was really really strong the other thing that feels like fate in a lot of ways is that uh worth pointing out that he and uh remember kyler kyle edwards from a few years ago they played together at finley prep uh while reggie cheney is originally from north texas i guess tulsa before north texas um he went to Finlay Prep out in Nevada. They played together there. Um, and it was, you know, he had a, had like a, a good, a, a guy that had, could vouch for him, I guess, on the team uh, when Samson was like looking around. And trust me, Kyler Edwards wouldn't know the right kind of guys. He's a very good culture guy as well. And we can talk about him in an off-season episode, but I loved having Kyler on campus. Um, and so you had Reggie Change show up right away. And like Coach always talks about like, this guy would run, run through a brick wall. This guy would run through a brick wall. There are times where I think Reggie Chaney is actually ready to run through a brick wall if, if that's what the stanza is below the basket. Like, like he is full speed all the time, leaping in the crowd, diving over fans, diving on the floor, getting his hands on the glass, whatever it takes to get dirty and get the ball back and help the team win. That is Reggie Chaney. Um, but again, when I think about the selflessness of Cheney, I think about, honestly, um, just this like, he's on the sideline coaching up Javier Francis on the iPad instead of being worried about his own playing time. Javier Francis getting playing time negates Reggie Chaney playing time. And he's like, Hey, we all need to be caught up. We all need to be there. Right. In a similar vein, a guy that gets a lot less praise, but uh, Darius Bowser D- uh, said but he goes by Darius Bowser was a transfer the season from Charleston, uh, college of Charleston, a he, where he got his degree, and by all accounts, like Darius is the smartest guy on the team, right? They call him Uncle. They treat him like Uncle Darius or Uncle Bowser. Um, Darius is a big, strong. I mean, like I, I think I described him at uh, back when I watched the the Red and White scrimmage start the season. Like shoulders look like bowling balls, kind of strong, big, big dude. Um, but his selfishness wasn't picking Houston in general. He graduated. He could have gone anywhere um he looked at several programs where he could be a starter and he got a phone call from kelvin sampson and sampson will tell you to a man right now he told darius i don't need you to play but i do need you and that was all darius needed oh uh, you need me i got you right i don't you don't even play that's fine you need me i got you i'm there right um and that's been his role his role is to in some ways literally beat up guys at practice being big and physical and kind of like helping them understand the level of physicality as young guys, as Francis is a young guy, as there are times Jawan feels like a young guy, uh, Jareth Walker is a young guy treating them like, Hey, or showing them the physicality that uh, isn't like required to play at a high end college level. And that physicality that grown men like Darius play with at this college level. Right. Um, Admittedly, he's been banged up some this season, too. There were a couple of blowouts early in the year that I feel bad about that, like, he probably would get to play in if he were healthy, um, but it's working out thus far. He's got a regular season conference championship. I think that comes with the ring, too. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, um, but I hope, I hope he understands that we appreciate his dedication to the program, and frankly, I hope he's getting out of it everything he wanted um, because... Like I said, he maybe couldn't have gone to a Power 5 school or whatever and started, but there were schools on the on the radar for Darius Bowser as a grad transfer that he absolutely could have gotten to actually play at. And he chose to come to Houston to be a part of a culture and program instead, and that's really, really powerful and important. And speaking of being really, really powerful and important, uh, we got an important game tonight. The game tonight is important. I know that the regular season is locked up, and I know that You know, in a lot of ways, it would be easy to look past Wichita State to Memphis over the weekend. However, I would argue that both Wichita State and Memphis, and frankly, the first couple rounds of the American Athletic Conference tournament as well, I'd argue it's all important because Houston is looking to get a one seed and to get a better path, to, let's say, between the start of the NCAA tournament and the Final Four in Houston. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that are great matches for Houston. I also am not silly, and I know that there are some that are really, really hard matchups for Houston. I think they can beat anyone in America. I don't mean that. But I'd rather them do it against a good matchup, and these games are tough because you kind of have to win with style points, and that's why I think Houston should push for 100, blow this thing out of the water, give us a game to remember in our last game at home this season. Our last game at, uh, for Tita, I should say, this season. Uh, if you want to talk to me more about Houston Cougars, or you want to follow my game thread during the game, make sure you follow me at Painsworth512. It's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your social media handles. I'll be able to talk all things Cougs, football, spring practice. The second one is on Thursday as well. i get it later today as well uh we can talk cougar basketball obviously the women had a uh are also entering the american athletic conference next week uh we can talk the, the rockets lost a tough one last night uh the astros just started spring practice uh the texans are getting ready for the draft what are we gonna talk about all things houston you can find me at painsworth Find 5 one 2 thank you so much for uh, listening to the show today, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're looking for a second podcast of the day, let me recommend Locked On College Basketball. Andy and Isaac do a great show. It is very Cougar friendly. Uh, it also will always be talking about things like seating and jostling for seating. That burn orange school over in Austin lost last night, so I'm sure we'll be talking about what that does to the seating as well. So make sure you go check them out at Locked On College Basketball. Thank you all so much. Locked On Cooks is a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go Cougs!